Good evening, cybersecurity and cryptocurrency fanatics. Today is January the 4th of 2019. This is episode number 53 of the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. So it's been a kind of uneventful Christmas and New Year's break, at least for me anyway. But it was nice to get away for a little while there. But today primarily going to touch on cryptocurrency stuff. Uh, a couple of the topics are regarding uh, Ethereum and their ASIC blocking code. Also going to talk a little bit about um, the price of Bitcoin and what it's doing. There's also some news about what's called proof of keys for Bitcoin. So we're going to touch on that as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Overstock.com and what they're doing uh, to help pay their taxes. And then uh, last thing in cryptocurrency is uh, BitTorrent and what they're doing in the cryptocurrency space. As far as cybersecurity goes, uh, there, there's a few interesting things I've been watching, but nothing too crazy. There was a, a data leak about some German lawmakers and whatnot, uh, more news about Marriott, and some other news about Edward Snowden's attorney and some of his thoughts on all the stuff that's going on. Uh, There's also some other news about a password manager that was uh, leaked as well. So we'll start with the cybersecurity topics. First things first, we'll start with that password manager that was breached. Uh, The password manager, I've never heard of this one. It's called Abin Blur, A-B-I-N-E, Blur, B-L-U-R. I've never used it or even heard of it but uh, apparently 2.4 million users' data was exposed because of a leaky AWS uh, bucket, S2 bucket. So it's unfortunate that you know even a password manager would get leaked like that, especially since most people rely so heavily on those. And they just had a leaky S3 bucket, unfortunately, and away you go. 2.4 million people affected by that one. So that's, that's pretty big news uh, in the grand scheme of things. I haven't seen anything on that scale, at least since uh, the Christmas break there, as far as big cybersecurity news goes. Uh, Edward Snowden's attorney was interviewed and he was talking about police harassment and intimidation uh, for all the Snowden refugees and any other you know, whistleblowers and whatnot or people that helped Snowden and how the government's threatening all of them and whatnot. I'll post this article to the show notes as well. There's some more news about the Marriott breach. Uh, Marriott came out and said they don't know how many hundreds of millions of guests were affected by the data breach still. So that one's still an ongoing investigation by Marriott and still extremely unfortunate for all the people that had a a Marriott account or stayed at a Marriott ever. So very unfortunate there. They don't even know how many people it's affected yet. They're working on it and trying to get an actual number, but we will see if they can actually come up with that legitimate number there. Uh, ZDNet also reported about Uh, some router attacks and hacks and whatnot and what's happening there and how some of the router attacks are going to get worse and we're just kind of seeing the the low end of of what's to come as far as router hacking goes some of the router hacks include you know botnets they've also used them for crypto mining and some other things so it'd be interesting to see you know what else comes of that there's no real proof in this story but they're just kind of claiming that there's going to be bigger hacks on on routers specifically they're 
they're targeting the lower end routers that people use at their house. Uh, those are typically the ones that are misconfigured. Uh, in most cases, businesses configure those routers pretty securely in most cases. Obviously, there's still the exceptions to every rule, but the vast majority of corporate-owned routers are more secure than these home routers. So interesting stuff there. I'll post again, I'll post all these uh, articles in the show notes for everybody to check out there. In uh, cryptocurrency news, Ethereum, they came out and gave the green light on their ASIC blocking code. And if you're wondering what ASIC is, ASIC mining is a specific type of mining chip um, that's created by there's a couple different companies that do it, but Bitmain is one of them. And they create these chips so they can mine uh, for any, they, they do it for Bitcoin currently and several other algorithms. Uh, and there were rumors that they had done it for Ethereum. So Ethereum is going to release some ASIC blocking code so that those ASIC mining systems won't be able to mine for Ethereum. So no real target date on that yet but they did at least green light it for now. So in regards to the price of Bitcoin here lately, we've been kind of floating around 3,700 range. Uh, today I saw it get up to 3,850. So it is kind of floating around the 4,000, you know, 3,500 range. And it's kind of stabled out, at least for now. Uh, there are some speculations that it'll get up to 4K, which it's very close to right now. So we'll see if it actually hits 4,000. The whole Bitcoin cash uh, issue is, is what tanked the market. This uh, recent uh, tanking anyway was mostly primarily because of the lovely Bitcoin cash. Uh, as you'll recall, the Bitcoin cash, they forked into two different coins. And uh, one is Bitcoin cash, uh, Satoshi's vision. And the other one's just staying as Bitcoin cash. So they caused the, the vast majority of the huge drop that we saw last month where we were at, you know, about 6,800 to 7,000. And we went all the way down to, you know, 2,800 or whatever it was. But it's slowly coming back. It's making some, some good headway, uh, 3,700, 3,800 staying in that area so it is kind of stabilizing in that range for now at least so hopefully we'll see it uh, do another breakout here in 2019 you know hopefully we get on a big bull run and and really really see a good price increase here in 2019 still yet to be seen though of course but i also want to talk real briefly too i've i had recently shut off all my mining gear and i attempted to sell some of it on ebay which was apparently completely pointless because nobody wanted to buy it of course so i decided to go ahead and you know fire it back up again so i did fire it back up but i'm not using it for mining i, I do kind of here and there off and on but primarily was using it for uh, password cracking so we would take at my job we would take the password hashes of all of our admin accounts and uh, run them through a hashcat and try to crack them with the GPUs uh, using hashcat. So that's been a pretty fun experiment. I had to drag all my GPUs up to work and that was kind of a royal pain in the rear. But outside of that, I mean, once I got it up to work, we were able to transfer those password hashes securely and, and start the cracking process. But that was certainly a lot of fun and people uh, 
at work you know we kind of made it a competition right and whoever whoever's password got cracked was you know getting called out and made fun of essentially and it was a whole lot of fun so people are making it more of a competition now than anything and and that's good you know especially for admin kind of passwords folks are wanting to get more gpus and add to the the rig there and be able to crack even more and faster password cracking and whatnot right now it's got eight gpus uh, on the rig that we're using right now at least so it's it's pretty damn quick i have to say it, it ran through a lot of that stuff pretty damn quickly and we did crack a few of those those passwords so we were able to make fun of those guys that, that we were able to crack their passwords on so a note to all of you folks that have admin accounts or even just passwords in general make sure you set them with some strong and long passwords uh, other stuff in cryptocurrency news i uh, saw an article the other day about what what they're calling the Bitcoin proof of keys movement. And so what does that mean? Well, the vast majority of us that have Bitcoin, it's stored either on an exchange or some sort of online wallet platform. So this proof of keys movement is taking your Bitcoin out of those various online services to something that only you own and control. And so what they're referring to with the keys is your private keys to your wallet. Uh, that way you make sure that it doesn't get stolen. So there's a big movement going on. I believe the official day for this was... Uh, I want to say today, but don't quote me on that. But anyway, it's a big movement going on there. I'm personally not on that bandwagon, but hey, I'm sure other people will be, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think there's a good reason to not leave your bitcoins in, you know, some smaller exchanges that may not have the infrastructure or the funds to build any kind of security around their exchange. But any of the decent ones, I, I have a little more faith in. Obviously, nothing's perfect, and really the only way to 100% ensure that you have control of your bitcoin is to, of course, put it in your own wallet that only you control. So that's what the movement is now doing, and there's. A lot of people that are jumping on that bandwagon there so the key there is when you need to cash some of it out or you want to trade it you still got to transfer it to those online services regardless i don't know of a whole lot of people that sit on it for long periods of time but uh, if you do this is certainly something that you want to look at and make sure that you've got a hardware-based wallet to store your private keys on and you lock that thing up real good if you're going to store a whole bunch of it so anyway it's a big new movement going on in bitcoin i thought that was kind of interesting you can do this yourself if you wanted to uh, all you have to do is get a either a hardware wallet or there's all kind of all kinds of open source wallets that you can put either on your phone or on your computer at home but ideally it would be a hardware based wallet uh, but some of the open source ones uh, are, I'm not sure if it's open source or not, but Electrum is one of them. Uh, I've used those guys before. Again, I don't know if that's open source or not, but I did have complete control over my Bitcoins and the private keys and everything. So that's essentially what you're looking for is to be able to control those private keys and be able to control all of those funds in your Bitcoin wallet. All right, some other cryptocurrency news. Overstock.com announced that they're going to start paying some of their 2019 taxes in Bitcoin. <laughs> thought that was kind of interesting. Now, I think it was a week or two ago, the Ohio lawmakers came out and said that if you do business in Ohio, you can pay your taxes in Bitcoin. So I'm not sure where Overstock.com is based out of, but I did find that quite interesting that they're going to start paying their taxes in Bitcoin. And what, what makes them want to do that, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of motive behind 
behind it. But I did think that's rather interesting. It's actually good for, you know, anybody in the Bitcoin movement or blockchain movement. You know, we're trying to get more adoption of it and to see a huge online retailer like that use Bitcoin to pay their taxes of all things. I think that's a great, a great thing for everybody. But I thought that was just kind of cool in general there. Uh, One of the last stories in cryptocurrency is about uh, BitTorrent um, and what they're doing now. As you'll recall, it's been a couple of months back. Uh, BitTorrent bought Tron or Tron bought BitTorrent. I can't remember which way it went. I think it was Tron that bought BitTorrent. So now what they're coming out is what's called a BitTorrent token. It's BTT built on the Tron network. And it's an interesting token, you know, similar to an ERC-20 token. I think they're calling this one like a a TRX-10 token or something weird like that. But it's all built on the Tron network. And so they're starting to tokenize... Uh, even more of the Tron cryptocurrencies. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one for BitTorrent. I I don't know the use cases for it just yet. They just kind of announced this uh, recently. So it'd be interesting to see what you can actually use this for. I have heard speculation that you can earn uh, specific cryptocurrencies by seeding using their BitTorrent client. Now that might be the case and that might be why they're starting this. But again, that's all yet to be seen. Certainly interesting stuff there. I'd really like to see it uh, take off, especially if they're going to pay you to start seeding. I'm sure they're not going to pay you very much, but you know that would certainly be kind of cool. Uh, even if they paid you anything at all, that'd be really cool. All right, that's it for cryptocurrency. One of the last things I wanted to get to, I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, but the Tor Network, um, they came out with an article, and I thought this was rather interesting, and it doesn't bode well for many Android fans, but uh, I'm also an Android guy, and that's why this article piqued my interest. Essentially, what they're saying is they tested all kinds of different Android apps. And over 60% of the Android apps that they tested leaked or sent data to Facebook with or without having a Facebook account, with or without even being logged into Facebook. And some of the data that they were seeing it send was actually pretty damn private. And that is that is really freaky to see that. So that is one more reason that people root their phones and they remove the Facebook app. But if you have the Facebook app on your Android, apparently, even if you've never logged in, if the app is just on there, when you even when you open a separate app, it automatically sends data to Facebook about what you're doing in that app. I know that Amazon is one of those. Uh, there are plenty of others, though. The Amazon app certainly does. And that's why when you search things on Amazon, you go to Facebook and you're going to see an ad there for it. So definitely really scary stuff to see that many apps sending data to Facebook. So, oh my gosh, talk about hashtag delete Facebook. This should give you a really great reason to delete Facebook. Now, I don't, what I don't know is, you know, what the is it similar statistics on iPhones? I don't know, but I would hope that there's going to be a similar test for iPhone. And, you know, Facebook really doesn't have any boundaries when it comes to getting data. So I'd be shocked if you couldn't do a similar thing on the iPhone. So 
Anyway, that gives you one more reason to delete your Facebook account. They just keep keep making it worse for everybody, really. So anyway, I thought that was rather interesting. I'll post all these stories to the show notes so you guys can all see any and every one of these stories and read about it and check it out. That's all I had for today. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at eenglish34 on Twitter at eenglish34. Also want to thank our sponsors. It's Southern Graphics T-Shirt Company. Their website is southerngraphicstshirtco.com. They got all kinds of really funny shirts and you can design your own custom shirt if you wanted to. All kinds of fun stuff. So go check them out when you go to their homepage. There's links to their Etsy store with some other pre-made stuff. And obviously if you contact the shop, you can do uh, custom shirts and whatnot too. So go check them out when you get a chance. They got some really funny, funny stuff on their site. Cool shirts. They got stuff even for baby these little onesies with funny sayings on it and stuff like that too. All right, folks, thanks for listening and we will talk again soon.